Welcome to Humanity Evolve with your host, Catherine Colarco. This program will bring your life, family, and community together by focusing on the new technologies and innovations that define your world in an open and relaxed forum of ideas and discussion. Now, here is Catherine Colarco. Welcome. It's Catherine Calarco, and today's guest we have Nima from Spire, which is going to be super exciting. You know, this show is dedicated to bringing you the latest advances in technology and really understand how it works, what works, and how it can help you transform your life. So the show Humanity Evolve is dedicated to enabling you to succeed more in your life your family's life and for the world to be a better place. So we all have a gift and we all are want to nurture who we are in this world. And, and this show is a hundred percent about how to nurture yourself. And it's down to something as simple as breathing. And I, you may have remembered uh, a show ago, we talked about stress management. And in that I synthesized that all of the technologies and apps really come down to training you how to breathe in the moment. And so I want to introduce you to Nima and tell you a little bit about his background. Um, he's a phenomenal guy. I've known him for many years, and I'm really happy he's joined us. And he's just been immersed in this. He's an expert in design and studying of technologies that promote health and high-performance states of mind. He was the, direct, the director at Stanford University's Calming Technology Lab, which is where I met him. We did uh, work uh, together collaborating on a couple of projects, and also our research director did uh, uh, trained or presented at his course and with his studies. So he studies how to interactive products can mitigate the damaging and distracting effects of acute and chronic stress. And yes, everyone out there, I'm sure that you're feeling the stress and you want to learn to mitigate the damaging effects of that. He teaches the popular Designing Calm at the Stanford Design School and has worked, his work has been covered in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the NPR, among other publications. The exciting advances have been integrated into Aspire.io. He is co-founder and chief product officer. This is the first wearable to track and influence both activity and state of mind. Nima, it's great to have you on board. Welcome, welcome to our show. It's great to be here, Catherine. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about, you You did this PhD in augmented self-regulation. So tell me a little bit about that related to mental health, well-being, and cognitive performance around, you know, how, how can we be better people? Well, it really comes down to uh, something that we all know, but is different than uh, how we actually live our day-to-day lives, and that is how we use our brain is very important. Hmm. How we use our brain is very important. We know that. Yeah. But it's it's another question entirely of how how you make how you choose to uh, to use your brain and when and in what way. And that's really what what my work has been about, and that's what what Spire is about as well. Cool. And is that um, so? In in terms of that, how how does this um, taking care of human mental well being? You know, what what sort of leads to that? What are the aspects of bringing that in that can help us to manage stress in the moment? Well, you know, when it comes to our each of our the moments of our daily lives, and we're we're constantly making decisions yeah. uh, about how to respond to a situation or how to react to a situation. 
and our ability to 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 make a, a conscious decision or a decision that's in line with our values like that ability is always changing like sometimes we're just totally triggered by something in our environment someone says something or we see something and we we get triggered so we're not really totally in control in that moment and other times we're really clear-headed and we make mm. a choice that later we look back and we like wow i was really just aligned in that moment it was just total clarity total wisdom and 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 i and i made a choice in that moment so we're making all these choices anyway but the the way we make those choices is changing throughout each day and that really dictates our mental well-being you know mm. the, is basically the culmination of of all those choices that we're making on a day-to-day basis Right. Is that like, you know, positive psychology or mindfulness or, you know, how, what, I mean, these are people go, well, how, you know, I'm overthinking things, you know, (laughs) how do I make the right choice in the moment? Because there's so many options and then it it can actually create uh, almost a a resistance to moving forward is that you're overthinking it. Totally. And, you know, when it comes to making choices, each of these choices, it's easy to think, okay, I'm supposed to be thinking yeah, about you know minute to minute about what I'm doing and right. and that's a, that's a, that could be a trap. Just like yeah. you're saying, it's kind of like overthinking and overanalyzing things. So 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 there has been a lot of research, obviously, in in this world from from positive psychology to mindfulness to biofeedback to cognitive behavioral therapies and all types of different interventions that help us reflect on how how we're behaving, how we're using our brains, how we're thinking, how we're making decisions, and also what should we should be doing, what mm. would be most, more beneficial, right. more prescriptive things. And um, m- what I've done in my work is look across all of these different schools of thought, from psychology to neuroscience to um, cl- clinical psychology to right. uh, spirituality and, and, and look for commonalities and, and try to determine as a, as a product designer, because you know, my, my background is really from the technology perspective, yeah. um, and, and, and consider from a product design perspective, how do we create tools for people to help them enact, to help all of us enact uh, the principles that we want to live by. How do we right. use these amazing technology tools to actually uh, live by the way that we want to live? I love that. I love that. How do we use the tools that help us to live a better life? And also you as a researcher and a PhD and a technology expert, how do you create that within the technology? So you're you're creating that virtuous loop that helps people, but innately, right? It's all part of it. I think that's so important to actually have that connection made. Well, it's very funny because when I started doing this work, one of the one of the frequent responses I got was, wait a second, you're going to take technology and you're going to help people, you know, live with less stress and more clarity and more flow in their life. Like that's impossible because right. this technology is driving me nuts. You <laughs> exactly. Know? Seems, seems counterintuitive. Right? Yeah. Right. Um, but that for me became an opportunity. It's like, well, if a lot of people are thinking something is nuts, you know, <laughs> there may be something there that most people aren't seeing. And right. Or that how- is that. Yeah. So yeah, it's right. really just kind of like, well, okay, the technology is there. I mean, it right. is in our lives. And, it, you know, to say that the technology is is just the cause of all these problems is really, it's not fair because um, the technology is designed by us, you right. know. 
so we can we can design it the way we want it to be the way we want to help ourselves with it and so right. that's why we dove right in yeah so it's like it's the the, the phones the the technology is not going away it, it, or it may be evolving but it's not going to go away so how do we actually adapt it and in, engage with it in a positive way rather than constantly feeling or being manipulated by it in a negative way right so exactly you know, yeah yeah and, and I one love of the it. first things that the technology needs to know i'm sorry to interrupt you yeah, guys, go ahead. Yeah, one, yeah. Of the, one of the first things that the technology needs to know in order to do that effectively is how are we doing how are we using our brains how are we uh right. feeling and and, and, no, and if it knows that if it, know, mm-hmm. if it has a more intimate understanding of how we're doing then it can help us better right. and that was one of the first big things that i i, I focused on so you're talking about actually monitoring your physiology or aspects of your activity to provide uh, insights uh, that help you to become in a more well state, you know, to to transform in the moment. Is that kind of what you're talking about in terms exactly. of the technology That's, itself? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so why, how, you know, I'm going to jump a little bit, but how does breathing relate to this? I mean, how did you go from the calming lab to wanting to create a conscious technology that benefit humanity to, to breathing? So what was the evolution of that? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, uh, in, because we've done a lot of different prototyping. I mean, we've built all kinds of different things to, to, to get at this issue for different, for different people and different target groups from senior citizens to children, to uh, people with anxiety and, and ADHD. I mean, it's, it's all over the map. And, we really kept coming across, A, this question of the technology knowing how you're doing, how you're feeling. That's number one. And then two, there's so many different ways to do that. I mean, there, there's different kinds of monitoring devices. Biofeedback has been around a lot, a long time. However, what, what I kept finding in the literature was that, first of all, breathing was one of the things, it, whether biofeedback or, or monitoring, it kept coming up as over and over and over again as the not just the monitor but the lever. It was mm. acting as both. It was it's very unique because it reflects your state of mind. Meaning, if you're feeling stressed and your breathing starts changing, it becomes more shallow. You start holding your breath. It becomes rapid. It reflects your state of mind. But the human brain has control over it, and that's actually makes it quite different. Than so many other of the other ways that you can assess people's state of mind, like their heart rate and their heart rate rhythm and and their sweat level and their pupil dilation and the muscular uh, sorry the, the muscular tension in their shoulders. Like there's all these other things that are happening, but but you have direct and immediate control over your breathing. So so it was used far more frequently by different studies and researchers and interventionists. And so it was like, wow, this is really interesting. It's clear there's a lot of value here. But why am I not seeing um, that impact in the actual real world outside of the lab? Why am I only seeing the, the breath being used in biofeedback sessions and, and in like very laboratory studies? Why is it not out in the world like the way that, you know, taking a run and counting your calories mm. and it, it mm. wasn't quite top of mind mm. uh, the way that I was seeing elsewhere. Um, and so... That that's what led to some research into well let's 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 figure out a, a way to monitor breathing out in people's really daily lives you know right. not just when they're you know sitting down taking a moment gonna do a meditation or something like that's easy to monitor it then but but what about out in daily life 
Right. So the so tell us a little bit about how the I mean I I, I it, it's actually amazing to actually do the deeper research to understand what can reflect the physiology in a simple way but also what can people do in the moment, right? And and have it be done all day, not just when you're sitting down and doing meditation. So tell me a little bit more around the science behind that. I mean, how does the breath reflect the brain and the body? I mean, how does that actually correlate to the state of your mind or your physiology in the moment, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing because I, I personally had you know, I had an experience doing meditation and yoga, and I I'd practiced with my breath, but it wasn't until I started reading uh, the more technical literature around the breath that I, I just became even more fascinated with it. So it turns out that in the brain, right. the the part of the brain called the amygdala, that is the emotion center of the brain, mm-hmm. and and it also, interestingly enough, it is the carbon dioxide sensor in the brain. Huh. So, so, so the part of the brain that drives fear, worry, you know, like right, should, I, exactly. should I be, should I be a threat reaction. right now? You know, yeah. that emotional reaction. That part of the brain is also monitoring carbon dioxide levels, and it's kind of like what is going on there. But if you think about it, it makes total sense. Think about what in life is causes the most fear, and I, I'll give you a second because I. There's a lot of potential things, <laughs> right. but I'll, I'll also answer it because we've been a long time There's so many yeah. things that can cause There's so fear. many things, I know. Um, so at least, you know, for me, the reason it makes so much sense is the scariest thing in life is drowning, is, oh. suffo- is suffocating, right? Like literally, like if you're in a pool or you're in a room and you're not getting up air, like you can just, you start sweating and you start, you know, you're losing air. Your carbon dioxide levels are, are going through the roof because you're not getting the oxygen. It's it just... It's just, it drives you nuts immediately. And so it makes so much sense that the amygdala acts as both. It's such, it's, it's on such a primal level of the brain, the reptilian part of the brain that doesn't want to suffocate, that's causing that fear, is, is monitoring the carbon dioxide level. So that's, that's one piece to understand. The second yeah. is that our attention, the, the quality of our attention, is our attention just really steady on something, or is it bouncing around, like, you know, thinking about this and thinking about that, then feeling this way and then feeling that way and just, like, jigger-jagger all over the place? Right. That is, is also being reflected in the, the, the waveform of the breath because the way the breath works, it has two major components, the inhale and the exhale. And, and the inhale occurs in sympathetic activation. It occurs, it's basically, you know, you're, you're taking a breath... You're breathing in, you're activating the body, and then you're breathing out, and that is actually the parasympathetic component of the nervous system. So each breath is this activate, regulate, activate, regulate. It's, the, it's both sides of the cycle. And so you think about your attention and the way, the way your attention works, it's this constant fluctuation of like activation and then reflection or observing and and you know attending to something with a kind of like i need to look at this i need to think about this and then being with it it's this very subtle fluctuation of that and that gets reflected in that inhalation and exhalation it's actually like you can study the ratio between inhalation and exhalation to even measure these minute fluctuations of 
the quality of our attention. So that's a, that's a whole bunch of like detail, but but so so big picture. When you are feeling tense, when you're feeling anxious, first of all, you're you're activated, you're aroused, you, your breathing gets faster in that way right. because your brain is using energy and it, it needs more. It needs more energy, so you start breathing faster. And then second, your mind is kind of all over the place. And that causes the breathing to be erratic. So that anxious state, the panic state, or just minor anxious state, gets reflected in faster and more erratic breathing. That's number one. That's the first kind of thing that people can identify with and can relate to. Second is when you feel relaxed, when you feel calm, when you feel at peace. Your breathing slows down. It gets smoother. You have potentially more exhalation components, slightly longer exhalation than you did normally because your body is, is, has the space, your mind has this, it's creating more space to be more calm and relaxed. It's not uh, uh, in fight or flight, right? It's, it's in a more of a rest and digest uh, state. Yeah. And, then, and then the third... Uh, the, 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 the third is going to have to wait because we are okay. one. I know it's like, this is absolutely <laughs> fascinating to realize that the breath is a reflection of your emotional state and, and what's happening in your physiology. And it's also how you can mitigate it or transform your state. And we're going to get to that third item. So hang in there because I think this is super important to come back and learn <laughs> the three steps. So we're going to go to break from our sponsor, the Fabian Cousteau Ocean Learning Center, and uh, check them out on my uh, pa the episode page. And we'll be back right after the break. This is Catherine Calarco with Humanity Evolve and Nima from Spire. dog barking or an angel singing then you know that you're listening to waking up in america heard every wednesday at three pacific time valerie kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential adventure is always a must on waking up in america with valerie kirkard every wednesday at three pacific these days everyone is looking for information on staying young healthy and fit the Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. This is Humanity Evolve with Catherine Calarco. To reach our show today, please call in to 1-866-613-1612. Again, that's 1-866-613-1612. Or you may send an email to info at ccalarco.com. Now, back to Humanity Evolve. 
Welcome back. This is Catherine Kalarka with Nima from Spire. Today we're talking about breathing and transforming stress in the moment. And right before the break, we had a very interesting deep discussion on how breathing and the brain or and the body are all interrelated. The first item is really about the fact that the amygdala, sort of the emotional center, the fight flight center of your brain, is is uh, also the CO2 meter of your body, and 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 that our deepest fear is is drowning so that there's this relationship between breath and and the fight flight and and the second thing was about how our breathing patterns are when we're tense we're we breathe faster and we're also uh when we're calm we breathe slower and that our breath pattern is a reflection of our our nervous system so we speed up or we activate when we breathe in and then we exhale we 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 relax we calm down and so that those that mechanism is very subtle but it's an aspect of uh what happens when we feel tense and when we feel calm and what occurs in that and i think it's just important to understand the mechanism of that to know how our body works and how we can transform to a positive state but now we're going to come to that third item, the exciting third item. So, Nima, what was the third piece that you, of, of that science behind breathing? The third piece is, you know, sometimes we are, we're not necessarily tense. We're not necessarily calm. We're actually quite focused on something. And we call it a kind of positive form of stress because you're, you are attending to something. You are working on something. But you're not stressed out about it. You're just challenged and you're meeting that challenge. And what happens in that state of mind is you get really focused. And so your breathing does get often a little bit faster because you are really attending to something. But your attention is very consistent. Your Mm. mind isn't all over the place. Your mind's able to stay with this topic. And your breathing as a result becomes very rhythmic. It becomes very regular and consistent. And that's the third state that we talk about because it's not always about, you know, just trying to be less stressed. I mean, that, right. that is important to have, to have that balance that out. But there is a, this value in being challenged and performing. And, and we love that. And actually, we yeah. crave that in day to day. And so you can, you can actually see that in the respiratory signal. And when you mean, when you're talking about the, the balance, what do you ex- exactly mean by that? Is that like it's the same time or what, what is that focused even breathing? So when you, when you're in flow with something and you're just, you're totally engaged in reading something or a movie or you're writing or you're having a conversation, your breathing just becomes very regular. So the rate of each breath, the speed of each breath uh-huh. Okay. becomes they're they're very similar to one another, and so the 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 standard deviation of of each breath in in a certain time period is very low. So all the breaths are kind of correlated to each other. So there's just there's different measures of that of that consistency. But the the bigger point is that it's a very rhythmic and consistent breathing. Yeah. So so there's like the, the there is a tense breathing or where you're very activated, excited or nervous, afraid, you know, and then there's the sort of calm breathing where you're actually slowed it down where the exhale is slightly longer. And then there's the focus breathing where it's even or um, consistent is is are we supposed to be in those states all day or what what is natural for people and, and what what do people optimize for in terms of feeling better? 
That's a great question. Uh, I often get the question is like, okay, you know, I just want to get as much calm as as humanly possible. And and the truth is, is that we 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 crave a balance. Yeah, we crave. We want to experience the emotions of life, but know that we do. We can return to center. And when I say balance, I mean there is a time to be pushed out of your comfort zone, mm-hmm. and that might make you tense, and that might make you kind of push you off kilter a little bit. There is a time for that. And so we, we don't call it stress, being stressed out necessarily, but rather it's, it's, it's a kind of tension. And then there is a time to, to relax, to rest, to be in peace, and to reflect. There's a lot of physiological health reasons for that, but also cognitive reasons for that, neurological reasons for consolidation of memory, sleeping well, digesting food, all types of things. And then there's also a craving that we, we, we have as human beings to, to contribute, to contribute our skills to the group, the, the tribe, the company. And that comes in this form of you know, what's often referred to as flow, of, of right. being at this, at this perfect balance between being challenged but being able to meet that challenge. And right. That's that focus state. Right, and be able to access uh, more aspects of all of your intelligence, your whole being intelligence, in order to be efficient and productive. You know, and uh, and that's often the state. And we talked with Stephen Kotler a few weeks ago about exactly that state. And I think that this is an excellent trigger or means to practice on how to actually get in that state. So, do you want to be in all of these states? I mean, uh, do you right. are you always in one of these during the time, or is there another state, or what happens yeah. if I'm just you know just chilling you know what is right is there am i always in one of these three yeah totally well this is kind of part of the work that we did with spire is to help people make sense of this and there is uh, actually you know we're not just bouncing around those three states you know we are often in a kind of neutral state where we're we're in between we're not particularly tense or particularly calm or particularly focused and and so when you think about your day imagine now because with spire you know we give people Feedback like here was your day. Here's a timeline of your day. Here's here's how much time you spent in each of those states, as well as in neutral. And right. sometimes people ask, well, okay, so I want to get. Do I want it like one hour of calm or one hour of focus or three hours? Like what what's good? And and right. and that is a tricky question because yeah. because there isn't yet a science of what is the proper amount per day that doesn't quite exist yet i think we're we're helping contribute to that because we're now measuring that in the world um but that doesn't quite exist yet so until then what we can do is is help you help our community get a sense of where they are now first let's just check in with ourselves you know how much of my day do i spend in calm tense and focus and then where do i want to be i mean so for example if you're a ceo or just a professional of some sort that's just always go, 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 and and you're pushing and you're emailing and you have no problem getting you know a lot of focus, let's say, because you, right. you know how to work in a healthy way. Yeah. Uh, but, but you're not getting much calm. Well, then for you, it's not going to be a question of how you get into more focus in your day. It's going to be more, let's, let's take the foot off the brake sometimes. And <laughs> for other people, it, it actually is, well, I, I have a solid meditation practice. I, I know how to shift from from tense to calm. But at work, I, you know, I know I could could bring more to to the to my colleagues and to my work, and I could bring more creativity to my job. And 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 then it might be more focus for for that person right. to bring more focus. And and likewise for for tension. I think that's number one probably is people yeah. 
finding where they're getting tension and what yeah. they're doing at that time. But that's another right. point is like, what are the patterns? When do I get tense? Where am I? What am I doing? Who am I with? And that's all information that, that Spire tries to piece together for you to help you look at the patterns and, and approach each of those situations differently. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think that's so. There's so much insight in that because this tracks all day. And I think one of the, like when using breath as a means to transform your state, it, it actually reflects your entire being. So, um, for example, um, tense tense breathing occurs before things like anxiety or panic attacks. And, and you, and uh, being aware of that helps you to go, wow, that is something, you know, I can see that in the moment and I can actually retrain my physiology and, and, and disintermediate that, that, uh, that attack or that anxiety from building, right? So you stop it. And, and for me, there's a, there's the, I've used for sleep because I sleep is uh, often on and off a challenge. So before I sleep, I use this, I mean, I can meditate before I sleep. I use other devices that are very successful, but there's something about the longer boost that you have in there. That's like a, the, the clinic one that runs for 20 minutes that really helps to re to, to ground in that calm state. So really create that, that calmness so that when you sleep, you're already engaged in being restful and let go of the active, focused, you know, get things done mode, you know? So, so I think there's the, the, and the, we hear, you know, stories every day about people who, who are able to transform and reduce their anxiety and improve their ability to communicate and things like that by actually just managing their, their awareness of the, of what they're doing when they're breathing in those states and also uh, working with their own, their own goals, their own self to actually say, okay, well, when I have a good day, the patterns look like this, or what I want in my life is to feel more calm or more focused. So I'm going to practice those to see what I do and feel that actually creates that state. So it really gives you this mastery, you know, gives you a mastery over your own physiology in the moment to actually work on what you want. And it's very personalized. So I think that that is, uh, it's, it's sort of a subtle aspect, but it's also very important in terms of you using breath as a, as a means to transform your state. I, I really appreciate the way you're, you're, you're putting it. And I, I think that this is a life skill, right? This is exactly. like being able to, you know, walk well and, and sit well and, and, and move your body so that you, you're not injuring yourself and, right. you know, be able to write, I mean, to, to be able to have breath awareness, and to be able to use the breath is it's a skill and it's not a binary skill like you either have it or you don't right exactly. it's something that we are always fine tuning and we're always uh, becoming more aware of different patterns and and the more the the more you go the more you learn it's it's not i get this question often people say well okay so you wear spire and then let's say you wear it for a month and then you kind of learn it and then you put your spire away. I mean, aren't, isn't that bad for business? <laughs> and first of all, to have people get success from a month of using fire is definitely not bad for business. It's great. You yeah. Know? But, but also the reality, that's kind of like saying, well, okay, I learned to meditate. I meditated, you know, every day for a month or whatever. And then and aren't I done meditating? It's like, <laughs> no, that's, it's, a, it's, oh, there's always more because yeah. life always brings us more. 
Well, you've so, you've changed your in a way you've changed your baseline of your awareness. Exactly. So wouldn't you want to use something, even no matter how long you used it, that helps you live a better life? And uh, you know, I, I sort of uh, wonder. Well, I don't sort of, but I wonder a little bit about the fact that hey, I breathe. What you know, the, I'm born breathing. So you know, mm. uh, have we lost the ability to know, to know how to breathe, or is is this like a new life skill that we now have because of technology that we can learn to help us live better lives? You know, like, you know, I love the idea of thinking about this as a life skill about, um, creating a new baseline for your physiology to create natural wellness. You know, like you're, if you learn to breathe better, you're naturally going to help it helps your well-being, so you'll you'll be you'll function better. So you know, how do you balance the life skill versus? Hey, I already breathe. What do I need to know? You know, it, it, for for many many hundreds of years, if not all of human societal history, different cultures have used different techniques to bring awareness of the breath and the 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 meaning that's latent True. in the breath. To, to bear. And that goes from more systematic kind of things like yoga yep. to just using the same word for breath as is used for spirit, you know, mm. the same exact word. Or, you know, in, in Hawaii, aloha uh, means to breathe with someone. And right. uh, haole is someone without breath, you know, it's, it, which is the word that's used for mainlanders coming to to the islands. So it's, it's this tool that's been used so often. Now we've obviously, we're systematizing it more and more, we're making it as efficient as possible. And because really, you know, again, we get some people that are kind of saying, well, that's, that's not yogic or something like that. But, but really we were talking about, let's get as efficiently as and effectively as possible, improve people's awareness and utility of their own breath for the maximum benefit as, as, you know, as, as best as possible. I mean, there is no dogma around that. There's no reason to do it a certain way. You do whatever um, is going to work at, at that time. And yeah. it's going to serve the most amount of people. So. Yeah, it's like a, um, like a prayer and singing. You know, they're all, they're, the, the chants and prayers and uh, many of them are actually uh, created in a form that creates a state. They're actually, Absolutely. you know, frequency, the frequency of beats and things like that is obviously to heartbeats, but it's also the breath, right? So the way you sing a song or chant or a prayer or it creates those, those well-being states. I mean, it's, it might've been intuitive or it might've been learned or it might've been conscious as a means to uh, uh, enable more love or more um, spiritual awakening or, or, or to create a trans a positive transformation for people. But I think it is, a, it's a natural healing and you're right about it being used for thousands of years. And, and, and because it's what we do naturally. And now we're able to embed it into technology and make it more aware and personalized and use it as a means to optimize our, our, our beingness, you know? So I think that that's kind of cool. We're, um, one of the things I'm very interested in, sorry, is there anything that we want to cover before we move on to the sort of, what does this mean and how, how, how's it grounded in, in, uh, science? Well, I was going to say that, you know, in, in now what we're seeing is in 75% of cases when the Spire device 
you know, vibrates and gives people that notification like, hey, you haven't had a deep breath for half an hour or you seem tense right now. And 75% of those notifications, what we've seen is that there's a significant physiological change that occurs in the individual within 90 seconds. Wow. Right? Because so, so imagine now, you know, you've got, you're wearing this device and you're, you're getting this feedback, you're living your life and you get a, a vibration. You know, it's just right. this, little, this little jiggle. And so I'm saying, hey, just wh- where's your breathing? Within 90 seconds, it's so easy to take that deep breath. You don't have to stop what you're doing. You don't have to go and meditate even. You don't have to disengage. You actually stay with whatever you're doing. But you take that deep breath. You release the breath. And so within 90, 90 seconds, actually, there's a significant physiological change. And now every day, imagine that day after day. And that's how you get these baby steps that lead right. to significant change. And that's what, when we do these deployments in places like LinkedIn, we just did a, a study with Stanford at, among technology employees at, at LinkedIn, uh, Commonwealth Bank of Australia. We've done different kinds of pilots with uh, pain patients, chronic pain patients in hospitals uh, here in California, but now now growing uh, we're getting these just incredible results of, of, of using Spire, having that uh, awareness of the breathing and the notifications, seeing, you know, for example, a 10% reduction in perceived stress, but uh, a 12% reduction in anxiety symptoms. Wow. So, seeing. yeah, th- this is leads to, I mean, we need to go to a break now, and, uh, and which is going to lead us into the last section where we're going to talk about how tips people can do to get this benefit, right? And really, what can they do to do these exercises and and, and be more mindful and breathful? And also, um, I wanted you to. I would love to hear more about the study and how, why, and what do we do to monitor the breath and how that relates to outcomes. So, how do we actually use that monitoring to create outcomes for people? And also, some tips that people can can use in their daily lives now um, it, to be able to improve their well being. So. Please stay with us. So we're going to, c- to come back to some amazing uh, outcomes and results and be able to talk about what you can do in the moment and give you some tips. Um, Nima has studied this for years, and it's a, it's a joy to have him share this with you with our community on Humanity Evolve. We'll be back right after the break. This is Catherine Calarco. We're with Nima from Spire on Humanity Evolve. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. This is Humanity Evolve with Katherine Calarco. To reach our show today, please call in to 1-866-613-1612. Again, that's 1-866-613-1612. Or you may send an email to info at ccalarco.com. Now, back to Humanity Evolve. We're back, and it's Catherine Calarco with Nima from Spire. He's the co-founder and chief science officer for the company and has been researching the science of, uh, of augmented regulation and being able to create that positive well-being state by using breath and other physiological changes. And right before the break, we were talking about some of the recent research studies and leading into what can people do in the moment to uh, used breath as a means to create a better mental and well-being state. So, Nima, uh, continue on with what ha- what happened with these studies at at, at LinkedIn, and you mentioned uh, the hospital and uh, with pain and a few others. Yeah. So what what we what we've been doing now is uh, now that Spire's actually a product and out used uh, usable, we we're doing different kinds of different kinds of studies with uh, employees in companies with chronic pain patients. Uh, with people with sleeping disorders, all, all kinds of folks. And we're getting just these really interesting results that people aren't always expecting. Um, so, you know, some that you might expect are things like a 10% reduction in perceived stress among, uh, among technology employees, as well as 12% reduction in, in anxiety symptoms. And these are, these are significant results, significant. Uh, the way we do these studies is we we have controls, and these are done with Stanford University, so they're they're well designed. And 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 one of the ones that we didn't expect, but we're so glad to see, is uh, increase in self-reported energy, like energetic days, wow. an increase of thirty-two percent there. Jeez, right? we're not. Yeah, everybody wants more energy in the day. <laughs> right? That's yeah. a great benefit. Yeah. <laughs> well, if I breathe, better, I breathe better. I get more more energy. That's awesome. right. Oxygen. Yeah. It turns out to be important, yeah. but also there's. Just, I, I think part of that comes from the uh, the feeling of that skill developing, so right. that when the tension occurs in our daily lives, we know what we can do about it, and so we can return to to a baseline or have uh, go back to the way we, we actually want to to live our day, and and also getting great results around sleep quality. I mean, like you were mentioning earlier, but because Spire is monitoring how much calm you're having um, in the evening, we're getting people that are changing the way that they are winding down in the evening and seeing when they can get, what do they need to watch? If for people who watch TV or, or, or videos, they're changing what they watch in order to get the calm streaks and the calm minutes. In, and then so they can find that they are sleeping better, waking up less in the middle of the night and right. having less pain that, that then wakes them up and, 
and so on. So um, even people that are taking uh, less uh, pharmaceuticals, opioids for pain, or delaying the time that they, uh, they they feel they need to take their next dose, and so on. So there's there's just a lot of initial um, some formalized studies and some initial results in in more clinical studies that we're excited to follow up on. Huh. So how does breath work with pain management? I mean, that's there's a lot of you know a lot of opportunity there to really help people. So what is what is the how do they actually use breath to manage tr- manage pain? It's so it's so powerful. Uh, one of the big things with pain, if anyone listening uh, suffers with chronic pain, is that pain is a, is a vicious cycle because yeah. what happens is it's not just physical. It right. has a very strong mental or emotional component to it. And so what happens with pain is that uh, we begin to feel anxious about the pain, the potential that the pain is going to come. And then when it does come, feeling uh, resentful about that pain. And so that then triggers uh, triggers actually the, the fight or flight response because of that anxiety and that resentment. And so there's activation occurring. And so the the muscles that are engaged around that pain are, are, are constricted around the pain spot or, or just in the body in general. And so there's just it's just more constriction leading to more constriction, which then doesn't do anything to, to dampen the pain. It actually is just constricting and constricting the body. So you end up with this vicious cycle. So with the breath and 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 learning that skill of knowing how to subtly release things and allow more flow in the breath and not just slow it down and take a deeper breath, but just take a longer exhale of the breath. Mm-hmm. And just the more that we learn about the breath, and I'll, I'll give you some, some very practical tips, but but when the pain sufferers uh, learn more about that, then when the, the, the onset of pain comes or the anxiety comes, they know what to do and they are able to release the muscular tension quicker, faster, allow the blood to flow better and not end up, and basically interrupt that cycle. Right. So what they're doing is they're using that knowledge of the pain, the, the the vicious cycle of pain, how it actually creates that negative reinforcement of more pain, more pain, and, and that awareness plus breath management and being able to transform in that moment using your breath helps to break that cycle. Is that what you're saying? Like you use a technique and, and the monitoring. So that's why the monitoring is important. And then the breath technique to help you to break that cycle. Exactly, and one of the th- one of the things that happens is that your breath is actually an early warning system. Yeah, right. You know, so what happens with Spire is that the, the Spire will give you a, a notification and say, "Hey, it seems like you've been tense for three minutes. May want to take a break. Is it time for a break?" And it's kind of like you may not feel at that moment, but you know what? If you don't stop now, it's just going to keep compounding. That tension is going to compound, and then you're going to end up with a pain episode right. or or something. So it's an early warning monitoring system that. It enables you to nip it in the bud, and that applies to things like migraine headaches as well. We get a lot of yeah. people that suffer with migraines and need to have that early warning system so they don't have to uh, resort to taking a medication. They don't necessarily want to all the time. So Right, yeah. right. And they obviously work with their health professionals to augment the the protocol or whatever they're doing um, in, to, to reduce the amount of maybe drugs or uh, therapeutic intervention. So the health professionals are working with these clients who have pain, severe pain, and also uh, migraines and other things. So I've seen uh, a huge adoption from uh, health professionals looking for 
monitoring devices, uh, integrative techniques, functional medicine to actually uh, collaborate to create better efficacy and outcomes. So you, you're seeing the same thing. You guys are you're, you're seeing the same thing with pain. We are, and we're also seeing, um, you know, it's not always necessarily about avoiding the medication or reducing the dosage. Yeah, it's not always exactly. about that. A lot right. of times, and it turns out, if you talk to the pharmaceutical companies about this, um, the one of the ways to increase the effectiveness of the medication is actually with positive behavioral habits, and that uh, right. that includes stress management. Yeah, and absolutely. so you actually can make the, the medication work better for you right. uh, by, by, by taking these practices as well. Ex- exactly, or disintermediate the trajectory of disease by managing the stress that can aggravate it, right? Absolutely. So, you know, and I, you know, I just encourage uh, health professionals and, and individuals to learn more about these practices to create better outcomes for yourself. And that, you know, you were talking a little bit about, you know, the, the what, you know, I understand here the value of monitoring, that there's a huge amount of of, of benefit and actually seeing that because you get the early alerts and you actually can track your and create more positive behavior change by these little nudges during the day. You know, what can, what are some tips for people who want to exercise more, you know, to mindfulness or breath practice and, and decrease stress or reduce pain? You know, what are some of the things they can do? Well, there, there's many, I, I, I'm sure, you know, everyone listening to this uh, episode has has experimented and dabbled with some some breathing practices or conscious breathing. I'll give one that doesn't usually come up often, but I think is powerful, and and that is, um, think about y- your breath, taking a breath. Often when we say okay, take a deep breath, we think okay that means inhale, and that means then exhale, and for whatever reason if it's a part of our language or whatever, it's taking, taking something is, is it, that is like, that brings the inhale component to bear and, and it emphasizes the inhalation component. But a practice that, that I often do and often teach is about just trying on uh, the converse and, and consider, let's take a deep breath where we, we, we emphasize the exhale component. And, and have that be the first mm-hmm. part of the breath and have the inhale be the afterthought. Have mm-hmm. the inhale just kind of happen as a reflex because it's going to happen. You don't have to, to try it. And, and it just completely changes because it's still a breath, but it's just, it's just kind of like the breath's sibling. You know, our normal <laughs> breath sibling is just the twin or just a f- fraternal twin. It's on the other side of it, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> so what and you're saying, fun. so what would you say? Like breathe in for like – what would be the pattern for people? Well, the, the, well, in this one, there isn't, a, there actually isn't any counting involved. Okay. This okay. for, for this practice, yeah. it's, you close your eyes, right. you're going to breathe and you're going to see, you're going to exhale and inhale as an afterthought. Mm. So just focus on the exhale as being the focal point. Exactly. And does that and does that then slow it down or extend it? So what that it out? does, does it yeah, down? it does both actually. So what that does is, number one is it slows down your breathing. Number mm-hmm. two is that it it changes the ratio between inhale and exhale. So it makes the exhale longer right. than the than the inhale, and it also by by reduce the taking away the counting is 
you, you still get the benefit of the 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 the, the parasympathetic component without yeah. the cognitive overhead of of all the counting. Right. So you, it's it's a really nice exercise. It, it, it's a it's one of the fastest exercises to help uh, that I've tr- used with clients and 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 patients to 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 really just shift uh, the nervous system into parasympathetic tone. It's 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 just that it's close your eyes as an option, and it's focus on exhale and inhale as an afterthought. Awesome. So it's so really awesome. changing. So without having to think about it and measure and, and it, it do the work associated with timing or counting or engaging your brain, all you can do is put your focus on the exhale. Exactly. And that produces that beneficial kind of calming and extending out of the exhale itself. And that then creates the, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you. It creates the, the fastest and most effective state change I have. I've practiced with patients around breathing. Second is it gets you more familiar with your exhale, right? Which which then it becomes very useful in day to day life. I mean, if you're about to, you know, be on a radio show or give a talk somewhere or have a, yeah. have a conversation with someone, you yeah. know, it's it 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 helps you bring it builds that muscle memory of bringing our attention to our exhale, which immediately shifts the shifts right. tone and, and nervous system. So that's something that everyone can do. It's not, you don't have to, you can do that starting today. So I just encourage everyone that's listening to take a moment and practice that. Just focus on your exhale and see what happens, you know, and, and see what, what occurs. We're needing to close today. This has been an amazing show. I mean, so much knowledge around the breath, around how you can in, include common things about what it means to monitor it. And how we can actually use our our humanity wisdom combined with our technology of today to transform our lives for the better and and take advantage of that and how you've embedded uh, the principles of this consciousness or this this skill this life skill into the technology so that we don't have to think <laughs> so that we can that we can actually practice and learn our patterns and and improve our our life baseline and uh, it's just been magical and we only have a few minutes to close. And I want to make sure everyone connects with us afterwards. And I do need to say something to my to my community. I love this so much. I've joined the company. And so a full disclosure, I'm now at uh, Spire. And I'm really excited to be part of the team and to share this wisdom for the group. And there's a lot more that we'll be sharing in the coming weeks. So Nima, if you could, you know, how can we stay in touch with you? What are ways of being able to learn more about um, breath research or about Spire itself? Can, please uh, let our listeners know how they can stay in connection with you. Well, the best way is you can like uh, on Facebook, uh, our, our page, it's just Spire. You can just search for it on Facebook, and that's an easy way. Another is to visit our website. So that's www.spire, S-P-I-R-E, which comes from respiration. So you can just remember spire.io. And it's I-O for breathe in, breathe out, I-O. And so there's no .com there. It's www.spire.io. 
That's excellent. And I know that everyone will enjoy the information that's available there and also stay in touch with it. We'll have more information available via Kath Calarco on Twitter and my website, uh, ccalarco.com, and future episodes on Humanity Evolve. It's been a great honor and a pleasure to host NEMA today. I hope that you've all gotten something out of it and you've been able to have a moment to breathe, feel calm, and know how to focus. We look forward to staying in touch Keep the conversation going, stay connected, and be that light in the world. We need all of us together. Consciousness, compassion, capability, and getting it done. Thank you, everyone. It's been Catherine Calarco and Nima on uh, Humanity Evolve. Thank you for joining us today. See us next week. Take care. Thank you for joining Catherine Calarco for this week's edition of Humanity Evolve. Be sure to tune in again next Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll talk again then.